0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers' pursuit of Michael Beale continues. Celtic edge closer to signing Alistair Johnson and we look ahead to the Scottish Cup third round this weekend. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans. Players are back at uh, training on Monday for Rangers. You would have thought, whether it's Michael Beale or anyone else, the club would want a manager there to greet them because I think in players' minds, it begins to look slightly shambolic if you come back after a break and the job has not yet been filled. So I would expect a bit of frantic activity over the next 24 hours. Yeah, it might be a World Cup break, Cammy, but still plenty to talk about. Yeah, and, and Rangers are at the tip of our tongues, obviously, with, with Gio moving on and, and the new boss, Inamint. So uh, it's, it's looking as if it's going to be Michael Beale, the one they want, first and foremost. Whether they can get him over the line um, is down to the board and obviously the guys at the top of the club but yeah it's looking like he's the first choice for Rangers yeah whether it is Rangers managerial situation Michael Beale you want to talk about whether it's Celtic looking at a new signing they've already signed one this week as well Scottish Cup ties there's loads of good ones this weekend too there's a new compliance officer named today as well plenty of World Cup action too we want to hear from you 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB I mean the, the main one this week Hugh has obviously been Michael Beale we yep. talked to you here on Monday, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had just been sacked. What have you made of the developments over the last few days? Well, as we understand it, Stuart Robertson, the chief executive, and Ross Wilson, the director of recruitment, are in London, have been in London for some days, and are conducting negotiations from there. Uh, I, I don't know of any name that is as firmly linked with the job as Michael Beale. Uh, and I would expect it to be Michael Beale. I repeat, I don't think it's good for players to come back on Monday and find he's not there or any other manager is not there because, you know, the Rangers took a, an entire week following the game against uh, St Mirren and Paisley and then got rid of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Now they've had another week and uh, the, the, the vacancy is still not filled. So... Players coming back, they need to have that kind of reassurance. Yeah, Cammy, I don't think we're quite in saga territory yet. I don't think it's been that long. It's not dragged out that long. But with Rangers back in training on Monday, Hughes talked about it there. How important is it, do you think, for the club to get that new manager in, whether it is Michael Beale or whether it's someone else? Yeah, it's it's massively important because the players will want to see who the new manager's going to be. And, and again, for him to say, out, we stall straight away, have the players in a meeting uh, in the direction he wants the club to go forward. And, but again, you, you look at it, it isn't a huge amount of time that Rangers have been without a manager. For me, the first week was probably all down to negotiations between the club and Gio to try and move him on. Um, there was a huge compensation package that needed to be agreed. So that, that would have took time. In the background, I would expected Rangers to be talking to other managers as well while this was going on. So, again, Michael Beale is at another club, so it's probably been a little bit more difficult because they need to factor in compensation um, for QPR as well. So, there's loads going on. I, I think it will be done within the next sort of 48 hours, and and hopefully, I think it is important. Hughes made a good point. It is important for the club 
um, that somebody is in the building, a, a manager in the building on Monday when they report back so they can hit the ground running because it's not been good enough this season. Journalistically, and I speak as an old hack, if there's no one there on Monday, fingers start to get drumming. Mm-hmm. And if there's no one there by Tuesday, the word fiasco comes into play. And uh, no one there by Wednesday, shambles comes into play. So, uh, you know, the Rangers don't need that kind of story to be following them. Uh, things are bad enough as it is with them being nine points behind Celtic. Well, let's hear from you at home. 01419511025. Paul is a Rangers fan up first in Crookston. Paul, what are you making of it all? Hi. Um, uh, it's looking like it's going to be... Um, be over the line probably um, and I'll come back to my thoughts on that if you, if, if you let me back in yep. um, I just wanted to see what you thought of you know, people are banding names about and I know that's people get quite excited about listening to who you think is going to be the next manager but I, I don't know I don't think this name's been given out so this is maybe a new one out there um, just see what you think of this one but uh, Mike O'Neill um, he's obviously the manager in Northern Ireland and you know, did really well uh, I know he went down the championship and Maybe didn't work out as good with Stoke City and whatnot, but um, he knows Scotland. Um, I think he still stays in maybe in Edinburgh or somewhere. Um, but what do you think of that as a shout? I, I think, with, with the greatest respect, Paul, we're now starting to bring out a big bag of names and put our hand in and pull one out. Michael O'Neill, I have no doubt, uh, is doing a grand job where he is, but as a prospective Rangers manager, I just don't see it. Hugh, there have been loads of names banded about. I've read that Rangers are potentially talking to mm. half a dozen candidates, but does it seem like now, despite the fact that Paul's putting another name forward, does it all seem to be pointing in one direction now? When uh, Sean Dyche apparently made it known that he wasn't interested, uh, and when Ralph Hussenhadl, uh said that he wanted a break from football, it was natural to focus on Michael Beale. Been there, done it. And wants the shirt back again uh, So I honestly can't see beyond Michael Beale I can't see where another strong candidate That we haven't heard of yet Comes in at the 11th hour For me, it must surely be Michael Beale Cammy, what do you make for the Michael O'Neill suggestion? Yeah, listen Michael O'Neill's managed at the top level He's been Northern Ireland manager for a long period of time He had his spell at Stoke Where, again, he, he did okay um, Failed in the end um, But, yeah, I think I think Hugh's right Everything points to Mike, um, Michael Beale um, The only reason this won't happen Is if the board and the guys at the top Don't give him exactly what he wants Coming to the club Because they do need investment That's one of the big things that he'll be asking for his investment in January in the transfer windows allowing him to bring in his own player because you can see the squad needs investment in it. And I think that the, the guys at the top of the club need to guarantee him that, that he's going to get that facility to do that um, or he will start to question himself. Because this is, this is a huge decision for him because he's only been in the job for a small period of time at QPR. This is his first managerial role. He's hit the ground running. He's done fairly well to start with. Um but he knows that this next job, a big job like Rangers Football Club, is huge for his career going forward as a manager. I think uh, you know it's not the case that Michael Beale will be holding Rangers over a barrel, so to speak. I think Rangers' situation speaks for itself. They're nine points behind Celtic. They were humiliated in the Champions League. They badly need to be on the rebound 
when the World Cup ends and we get back to playing domestic football and there are things that need to be done. The appointment of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst did not work out and Rangers now have to get cracking on the job of making up for their mistake. Paul, you're bringing another name to the table. Does that mean you're not convinced by Michael Beale? Um, do you know what? I, I thought you were going to maybe ask me about that. I, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think Cammy stole my point there as well. He needs investment. Any manager does. You know, he could throw in probably the greatest football manager on the planet now, maybe Pep Guardiola with that team. And the problem would get clawed back to nine points because the board need to step up now. They need to put their money where their mouth is or sell up and, and mark a few points off it. I think there's a bit of negativity around that, to be honest. And they haven't spent the money where the money went for the Champions League, the Europa League final, all that type of stuff. Um, I, I think I'm talking on behalf of all the other Rangers fans with that one. Um, Michael Beale, you know, he's got out there on his own, but you know, I, look at Walter Smith, for instance. He came with Graeme Soonis. I know he learned under Jim McLean and whatnot, and I don't want you picking up on that, right? But he learned his trade. He then took over, probably the quiet guy behind the background. He then took over as soon as, and well, look where that landed us. So, you know, he could be the guy that's maybe stepping out of the shadows of Stephen Gerrard, and maybe he's the guy to take us further. I hope so. Um, I just think we need a bit of stability. I think the players need to step up. From what I heard at close season, we what went, I mean, it's only rumour mills, but from what I heard that happened at close season, I think there's a bit of lack of respect from Bronckhorst, from what I'm hearing. And I think if that's true, I know football's changed a wee bit, but um, if that's true, I think that's pretty shocking, to be honest. And I would, uh, no, for those players that may be involved in that, I think they kind of need to look at themselves in the mirror. Um, you know, Gerard brought a lot of high standards to the club, and hopefully, if it is Michael Beale, then they bring Shane back. But um, I just want to say as well that, you know, given Hugh's predictions as well, just to finish my point off, Hugh normally is good with his predictions. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a joke, but I'm hoping to maybe tonight says that Michael Beale won't be successful, um, and that will turn out good for Rangers. But I'm only winding up with you. That's okay. Uh, the reference to Walter Smith is allowable and understandable uh, because David Murray, who was then in charge of Rangers, saw in Walter Smith uh, the capabilities that he undoubtedly showed once he was his own man at Rangers. Uh, so the, as I say the, the, the reference to Walter Is understandable uh, If Michael Beale Can be half The man That Walter Smith was Rangers will be okay uh, I just Stick to the point And Paul's perfectly Correct to point out My predictions By and large are rubbish uh, But I stick to the point That From this distance I see no other Strong Contender For the job Other than Michael Beale and I do believe Rangers had better get a move on because there's an AGM a week on Monday. And if this is not handled well, the AGM is going to be explosive anyway because Rangers have the perfect storm. They've got no manager and they've got a chairman that a former chairman says he will not back at the AGM. So I think better get Michael Beale sorted out quickly. Paul talked about recruitment and investment and the squad that's in place in the moment and how they've been playing. Just how big a job does the next Rangers manager have to turn things around, whether it is Michael Beale or not? Yeah, he's got a huge job on his hands. Again, they're nine points behind um, first and foremost, and that's what he will be looking at as a league. So important for Rangers Football Club. Again, I think it'll be cut a little bit of slack and given a little bit of time. For me, it's a, it's a big, big gap at the moment for... 
any manager to come in and try and claw that back. But listen, it's still achievable. Um, there's old firm games that are, are going to be vital for whoever the manager is coming in. Um, but yeah, there, there needs to be big investment and they need to get it right. They, they've not got it right probably the last two windows. Um, players that come in haven't hit the ground running. They are probably younger players that, that are building for the future, but Rangers need the here and now. They need players that can go straight into that team and improve that team because they really are struggling at the moment. Also, what I think's happened this season is some of the players who were hitting real highs last season haven't managed to do that and, and they've, they've, they've let the team down a little bit as well and underperformed. So the new manager's got a big job. He needs to get these guys that were performing at that high level, that got them to Europa League final, back to them levels and to find new investment in the team and make sure he gets his recruitment right. Well, thank you to Paul. 01419511025 on the phones. William is a Rangers fan up next in North Ayrshire. William, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, Andrew, Hugh and Kami. Hi, William. Yeah, I need to pull you up, right? Uh, it's about the it's about the new manager the situation, right? In my opinion, right? See, see this season. I'll be honest as a Rangers fan. Celtic's going to win the league, right? Shoes one, shoes like the other other Celtic men, right? He's one a manager rushed in. For me, if you let me finish my point, for me, right? We need to make sure this decision's correct. Don't rush the decision. We need to make sure we're right for the next three to five years. Because as I said, I think we're going to. I think it's just the man that's going to come in. Hussey day's best. To be honest, Celtic are, are playing well. I think they're going to win the league this year. It'll only take a, a massive Celtic collapse, right? We need to get this decision right. For me, it'd be Sean Dyche because he's a bit longer than the tooth. He's got more experience. But we cannot rush this decision. We have to make sure we're right for the next few years, not for the next two weeks. Can they do the under twenty ones? No, take training uh, on Monday till we get the right man in. That's my point. Well, on the basis, uh, William, that Rangers have had seven managers in the last seven years, uh, they, they don't have a great track record when it comes to getting things right. But you can only judge this case on its merits and that there appears to be no one seriously in the frame other than Michael Beale at the moment. And not they can rush it or they can take seven months. It's of no difference to me. But... I think players coming back to training on Monday need a sense of purpose and direction and they don't get that coming back to no one being there. Cammy, as much as, uh, sorry, Cammy, as much as you know, William is writing off Rangers season and saying that Celtic are going to win the league, Rangers as a club can't really think like that, can they? No, Rangers can't write off the season in November. Not absolutely no chance. I, I get uh, William's point um, that it's going to be really difficult this season. Um, but there's still a lot to play for the Scottish Cup um, The league's still there As I said, there, there is old firm games If you manage to turn them around It's a big ass, Celtic are a very good team um, But Rangers can do it they, they do have the players If they're playing at the highest level that they can And they invest well in January They could turn it around um, they, they absolutely can't give up the league I, I understand William's point They do need to get it right This needs to be a long term decision I absolutely agree with that This can't be just jumping the gun And trying to to, to make a decision because there's a natural break in the, in the season which we don't normally get um, it feels as if there's that little bit more pressure because there is this natural break there's no games at the moment so Rangers are off the back of a poor bit of form the club's on a little bit of a downer on the pitch so it feels like they need to make a decision pretty quick but they do but also they need to make the right decision William's completely right that this needs to be 
a manager in place that, that's looking long term Looking to improve the club And get them back to where they should be Winning trophies again William? Yeah that, that's a fair point As I want to say to all my fellow Rangers fans right, I want Rangers to fight to the death right? I don't want them to gee up in the league right? I just think nine points is a big gap right? Historically it doesn't usually overturn I think it's maybe once or twice in the last 30 years but I want Rangers to maybe sneak, maybe sneak a couple of cups. They could do that, yeah. Cups, they could win cups. But I want Rangers. I want this new man, right, to try his best, try his best for these next few months because it's going to be difficult to win the league. To snatch the cups, but as Cammy says, the future's most important for Rangers, right? The, the recruitment, the new man, get the team playing well again, get the whole club up. And another point, the only man who could save this whole situation as well is Dave King. He needs to get rid of everyone in that, in that board. He needs to come in that AGM, as you says, and get rid of a lot of them. Because he's the only man who could save us, plus a good manager. Well, thank you to William. Up next, we'll be taking a closer look at Alistair Johnson. Could he be on his way to Celtic? We want to hear from you as well. 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at. Clyde SSB You can see on the TV there That they're prepping for the start of USA against England That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. So we'll have that running Along in the background As well No Cameron Carter-Vickers Starting for the USA again Hugh? Well um, They'd be disappointed Clearly uh, Very very hard game For the US I can't see them beat England um, And maybe Carter-Vickers Chance will come After that game yeah, well, it looks as if he could have a new, or he certainly will have a new defensive partner, someone that is going to challenge for those centre-back spots as well. Cami Celtic looking to get their business done early. One in the door this week in Yuki Kobayashi and linked heavily as well with Alistair Johnson now. Yeah, and again, it's just um, Ange strengthening his squad, um, looking to improve his team all all the time. And he, he's openly said that he wants to keep moving forward. He, he knows he's nine points clear, but he won't stand still. Um, Alistair Johnston obviously as you said looks as if it's very very close to being over the line um, again a defender that's played a number of international games I think he's got 31 caps for Canada so a lot a lot of caps for a guy that's only 24 year old um, albeit a, a not a huge footballing nation but still, still a strong enough one um, that can get to the World Cup so he's got experience and yeah it's another Another quality player they'll be bringing in a squad to challenge. It's another thing that Rangers have to be mindful of. You know, Andy Postecoglou gives you the impression that he's firmly in charge of everything, uh, along with Mark Lawwell. They seem to know where they're going. Uh, deals are done, like Kobayashi. Uh, Johnson appears to be well down the line. Uh, meanwhile, Rangers have the Morelos and Kent situation to sort out quickly. Uh, players will go. In the January transfer window I have no doubt And others will need to be brought in So The, the earlier caller said I was trying to rush this through There's clearly business that needs to be done at Rangers And the longer this uncertainty goes on It's unhelpful 01419511025 If you want to get in touch William is a Celtic fan In Craig End William it's already one in the door for Celtic this week It looks as if another one's close Are you happy that the business is getting done early? Hello, good evening guys, how are you doing? Hi, uh, I think it's great, I think where Celtic's uh, position is, I think we're, we're, we're looking at uh, looking at the, uh, 
the wee things, the wee things that make us better. You know, I think, I think, we, I think Angie's looking at the squad. I think that a lot of fans are happy with the squad, and we're just looking for that wee bit extra in the squad. And I've been saying, I've been saying for a long time that we need a left-sided centre half uh, since Charlie McGrew left. You know, I, I think uh, hopefully, I mean, skills, skills come in, and he's went out and loan so. Uh, whether he's good enough or whether he comes back good enough, I, I don't write people, I don't write players off. But I'm hoping that this boy Kobe Ashi can 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 get in there. And so I prefer a naturally left-sided centre half rather than having Ayer playing there or Berkovic playing there or or Starfelt playing there or even Jens playing there. Even though Jens is no bad with his left side, you know he usually uses uses his left peg. But I just think that it gives the balance of the team a lot better. When you've got a naturally, naturally left-sided centre-half on that side, uh, as I said, I think it's just the small margins. Now, Andrew's looking at. I don't think, I don't think uh, we're happy with the squad, and it's just getting. Obviously, we could lose a couple of players and talk about talk about Juranovic leaving, and maybe this that this guy Alistair Johnson uh, is coming into the place. In but that, that, that's the way I look at it. Where Celtic are right now, I think I think Celtic are just looking for the small margins. Just to get a wee bit better, uh, even for Europe, not so much. Domestically, we're quite happy, but I think Europe, we, we need to start looking at that. With regard to Liam Scales, I, I guarantee that Ange Postacoglu has watched every minute of every game that he's played, uh, you know, and he'll make his mind up on Liam Scales in the fullness of time. He is still Celtic's player. Uh, but, you know, the, the, Postacoglu's knowledge of the Japanese market. Has so far been very helpful to Celtic. Uh, only Iriguchi has yet to make any impression at the club. So Kobayashi coming in uh, will be welcomed by Postacoglu. Everyone will get a chance to see him in January. Uh, he'll probably come in December and train with the squad, which is a massive help for him and the team. Uh, but as I say, Celtic seem to be moving along They've got that sense of purpose and direction In Postacoglu They seem to have a man Who has a firm idea of what he's doing um, But He'll know that he has to come back Play Aberdeen at Pataudry No Liam Scales that night uh, And Once again hit the ground running Because this is now like two seasons You know we've been in our winter break now Because of the World Cup for a fortnight And it feels like it now this is like two seasons uh, And Celtic The first 15 games 14 wins One defeat No problem But It's starting afresh now Cammy we know what this city is like And everything that one club done, uh, does Is done through the, the lens of Looking at the club across the city How positive will that be for Celtic fans How do you think they'll feel That they're getting their business done Early and looking across the city, Rangers are still trying to get a manager in place. Never mind there being any talk about January transfers at this point. Yeah, again, it's 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 just shows how much control Celtic are in at the moment. And again, it looks as if they've got their house in order. They understand the the structure, the the way they want the club to work. And just for me, as as Hugh says, has got full control of what's going on, the, the transfers that are coming in. Um, I'm pretty sure he trusts the guys who are making the money decisions to to go and get these guys if he identifies them. Um, and and as William said, it's it's more about just fine tuning the squad. That's all Celtic are doing at the moment, moving forward, making small um, percents. That's what they're trying to bring to the squad. And 
The difference for me between Celtic and Rangers at the moment is the squad, and that's what he likes. And just like he likes to be able to change a full eight, nine players um, within his, his starting eleven, and he can do that because he's got top quality players sitting on the bench, and he manages them so well that they're ready to hit the ground running when they get the opportunity. Well, thank you to William. Why don't we try and get the inside track on Alistair Johnson then? It looks as if this one is edging ever closer. Delighted to say we're joined by Canadian-based football journalist Manuel Veth, who works for Transfermarkt. He's been all over this story. Manuel, how are you? Good, how are you, Andrew? Very good, thank you, very good. Thanks for joining us. Just to start off, for those who maybe don't know Alistair Johnson, what type of player is he? What would Celtic be getting if this one gets over the line? Oh, they're getting a very good player. Um, player I really like. Um, can play right back, can play centre back. Very dynamic. Um, has the ability to move up and down the field on that on that right flank. Right. Um, his progression has been incredible over the last few years. You know, he he was still playing amateur football a few years ago. Um, then going to college, got drafted into Major League Soccer by Nashville, and uh, you know, you just look at his transfer market value. Um, um, graph like the way it's gone up from just a few hundred thousand to now six million euros. Um, you know his development has been incredible, and uh, they're getting a player who has a very high ceiling, a player who has shown in the last year that he can play several positions, who's dynamic, fast. Is part of a very exciting Canadian national team squad. I think a lot of people like Canada turned a lot of heads in their opening game, right, against Belgium, and he's he's a big part of that team. So. Celtic are getting a very good player. Ange Postacoglu likes his fullbacks to be really comfortable on the ball. They quite often come inside yeah. and add another number in midfield. Is that the type of player that Alistair Johnson is? Is he capable of that? Yeah, he's definitely capable of that. And he's capable of more than that too. I, I think what, what makes him really interesting is, right, he can play in a back four and he can play in a back three. Um, which right back roles, like right backs are really interesting at the moment because there seems to be, for a long time, it was left backs that, were in high demand, right? Because they're not, they, they, there weren't many of them. And then there seemed to have been a really huge development focus on that position. And right backs were almost kind of, kind of a position now that, not, that, are, that are not easy to get. And he's a good one. And so, yeah, he can definitely fulfill that role that Postecoglou is looking for. And I think that's why Celtic moved so fast in getting this player done. Does, is the feeling in Canada that it was only a matter of time that he moved to Europe? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, too, like, Major League Soccer has changed so much in recent years, right? It used to be a league that was more of a retirement league where players would come here. And, and that still happens, but the average age in, in that league has gone down significantly. It's just about 24 years old now. And you see a lot of players getting developed there and then moved on and making room for, for that next generation, which is, of course, also by the U.S. and Canada. Their national teams have been progressing very nicely. So I think for a young Canadian player who's now playing in Major League Soccer, the idea is always to move on and move on to Europe. And so we knew that this was going to happen. Unfortunately, for Montreal, we had a really good team this year. I think a lot of players are going to move on. I mean, Ismail Kone is another one who's been heavily linked to a move to abroad, right? And so... We knew this was going to happen and I think this is actually a really good move for him as well. You talked earlier on about his valuation and the fact that it's skyrocketed over the past couple of years. What type of fee do you think Montreal will be commanding for him? I think that without, you know, um, giving away too much, but I think that the fee is pretty close to his market value. Um, you know, obviously, I, I want to see the complete structure of it too. 
um, it's always hard to kind of put put that together because there's often there's sign-on bonuses and all that sort of stuff and sell-on fee percentages uh, that you have to factor in. But I think what you see on our on our page on Transfermarkt is probably pretty close to what Celtic will, will be paying in the end. And the way that Celtic have kind of worked at this season, Ange Postacoglu has been rotating his right backs. Josip Juranovic is the number one pick. He's been in there. Anthony Ralston's been in there as well. But would you expect that Alistair Johnson's at a level where he would be coming into Celtic and be expecting to start? Well, I, I've heard that Juranovic uh, might be moved on, right? So um, this this could be one of those where Alistair Johnson coming in, that could be the first domino of them um, looking to move on Juranovic. Interesting laugh, Juranovic and Alistair Johnson are playing each other next in the World Cup, right? <laughs> so we get to see face-to-face uh, the, the, the two players side-by-side and we can kind of judge uh, who's better, I guess, on a, on a very small sample size. But that has been sort of what I've been hearing. I'm not sure how far that is going on and how far that deal has been moving on and whether there is a deal in place for Juranovic. But uh, my understanding is that uh, Johnson is very much coming in to sort of replace players that are going out. Fantastic, thank you very much to Manuel That was the inside scoop on Alistair Johnson's Potential move to Celtic Hugh, it looks as if that one's getting Closer, and would you expect that With Alistair Johnson coming in It would look as if there's going to be Movement in the other direction for Celtic in that position Well, Manuel's business appears To be the ins and outs of the transfer Market, and he made it sound There as if the deal uh, For Alistair Johnson is done By Celtic Uh, And he also appears to be of the mind that Juranovic is definitely on his way out. Well, uh, we'll wait till everyone gets back after the World Cup and Ange Postacoglu can, if he feels like it, keep us up to date. But he he keeps his cards close to his chest, Ange. Uh, But again, you know, if the player goes, if Juranovic goes and uh, Alistair Johnson is as good as Manuel says he is, uh, then... Ange Postacoglu perfectly relaxed about the whole thing. Manuel was saying that he expects Alistair Johnson to go for around his transfer market value, which he said was, I think, around, was it $6 million? $6 million, euros. million euros, was it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is probably, what, about £5 million. Pounds. That's, it's quite a big outlay for a fullback, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a big price tag for Scottish football and, and for Celtic to pay. Um, a player that's only played in, in the States, um, not been over in Europe. So that is quite a big price tag if they are paying that. I would expect that'll be with add-ons and, and the initial fee will be a lot smaller than that. Um, but yeah, as you say, it, it seems as if they're, they're, they're potentially preparing for Juranovic to move on. Um, and... and just in the preparation, it's great that they're going to get a player in who has got that experience internationally um, and is so highly rated. And I'm pretty sure Angel have looked at this player for a long, long time before he, he knew he wanted to bring him into the club. So, yeah, again, the, the Celtic fans can be pretty confident that they're getting a very, very good player. Yeah, he's a player that I think, admittedly, a lot of people in Scotland won't really have heard too much of before, no. Hugh. But Celtic fans will feel positive about Ange Postacoglu's track record that whoever he goes out and signs whether it's in January whether it's next summer that they'll have a good feeling that it it could well work out well the Celtic fans have their saying don't they in Ange we trust uh, so the, they, they'll they'll back his judgement if Juranovic left you know people would be disappointed but I don't think it'd be a devastating blow to the Celtic fans not like um, Hatati or Matt O'Reilly or Furuhashi or uh, I don't think he's in that 
level of support from the fans but uh, I'm sure Ange Postacoglu will know exactly what's going on and if it's Johnston in Juranovic out the Celtic fans will trust them well, we've heard from Manuel we want to hear from you as well at home 01419511025 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get in touch plenty of talk about Celtic and Rangers big Scottish Cup games happening tomorrow as well small matter of a World Cup Happening to Who is it you've got In the sweepstake Hugh Argentina and Croatia this not, whole, not happening This whole thing Is a stitch up By the way <laughs> I, w- I wasn't working Last Saturday right So I had no idea That a sweepstake Was even happening And I got home on Saturday And I looked at my phone And I see the two teams That I've got in the sweepstake Costa Rica and Canada Oh that, That's my two Stinker That's right And you know what's even worse as well I thought that's not great Then I start Watched the first few games Saudi Arabia Shock against Argentina Japan Shock against Germany I was thinking You know what I might actually 7-0 Costa Rica <laughs> lost In their first game So It's not great is it So Think you're in with a shout Hugh? No No I'm, I'm, beginning, to, I'm beginning to think Spain or France but These were drawn for us by the way And it was all done by Producer Callum Can you tell us who uh, Cammy's teams are? Callum? Uh, oh there's none There's none He's no, saying they ran good. out of time for you ah, Cammy yeah, we, That's it We binned you Who did Callum get? To be fair, his aren't great actually, Switzerland and... Is it just Switzerland? That's it, I don't know. His aren't great. I actually thought it was a stitch-up, but it was him that did the draw and his teams aren't great either. So you can have mine, Cammy, if you want. Costa Rica and Canada. All right, okay. At least Canada put up a bit of a fight against Belgium, but my aggregate score across the two games is negative (laughs) 8-0. So that's a good start. Canada have got Alistair Johnson. That's Correct. It's quite straightforward. There we go. Maybe they'll win their next game. We'll see. Right, let's get back to the phones. 01419511025. Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillock. Paul, what do you make of the potential signing of Alistair Johnson? Uh, uh, hi, guys. Good evening. Uh, the signing of Alistair Johnson, I mean, I'm, I'm now, I love it when the way that Celtic are signing guys. Comes to nowhere and just announce it the way that they announced the the player from Japan the other day. Just announce it in Twitter. No real build up to it and just gives away nothing. Uh, but the guy, he's a workaholic. He must be a workaholic. We've never had a manager like this that I can remember. Now I'm 45. Uh, the he's the team's constantly evolving. He's constantly seeing things that I don't think. Joe Average me would see uh, like when we said when we signed Matt O'Reilly uh, people were saying this is a great fan but at that time we didn't know Tom Rogic was leaving but he's always in the lookout he's, he's always looking to improve I fully expect us to sign at least another striker because I think he'll look at the team uh, I, I mean we scored a lot of goals but we miss so many chances and I think that uh, I think there'll come a point where that'll that'll need to be addressed and I I don't think that uh, Ange will be addressed to moving guys on or bringing them else in but he's an absolute workaholic he's a machine he's unbelievable Paul is that something you're preparing for because I think Ange Postacoglu at Celtics AGM said that players will need to move on players that are fans favourites you know fans will need to accept that players will move on because it's the best model for the club or are you quite happy for that to happen as long as the, the signings keep coming in and they get the right replacements? 
Oh, as long as they keep getting the right, the right replacements. I mean, we're, we're a selling club. I mean, we're, we play in Scotland. Uh, our, our, our funds are limited compared to the bigger teams in the Champions League, but we spend very little money, actually, uh, in comparison to a lot of other teams, you know. So I, I'm fully. I, I expect, as I've said before, I'm I'm hoping that we get a few more for for Juranovic because I don't rate the guy, uh, and I do think that it's starting to show the amount of chances that get missed uh, by the forward line is is unbelievable. To be honest, so you don't uh, not, don't rate Juranovic. No, I don't rate Juranovic. Never have. No. Why not? I just think he's a bomb scare. I think he gets attacking wise fine. He's one of these guys that, that looks looks the part, good at going forward at the back. He said, and I was I've been on before talking about it. I could name five or six absolute howlers he's had, uh, but for some reason it doesn't seem to get picked up on. It would be more like Starfelt would get the the uh, his mistakes would get frowned upon, but I think. That I think Juranovic is the worst defender at the club In the uh, bomb department Paul, would you admit that uh, Starfelt deserves his place there as does uh, Moritz Jens? Yeah, I think the difference is you, I think that they don't seem to get away with it as much as Juranovic gets away with it for some reason No, but the, on, the, on, on the basis that they, they are uh, prone to mistakes that they uh, get away with and Juranovic doesn't get blamed uh, I think that there's a, a need there to look at that and Kobayashi coming in will be a, a big help I think we can understand that Ange Postacoglu is a very very steady hand on the tiller and the way he spoke about next summer perhaps uh, Celtic going to Japan to cash in on their name as they did in Sydney uh that must encourage the Celtic fans because it says that Ange Postacoglu will still be there next summer. Uh, so they can be very happy with that. But um, to be absolutely accurate, Celtic have not said anything yet about Alistair Johnston. Uh, so the matter uh, is conjecture until Celtic release news of it. Uh, but the Celtic fans can be happy that Postacoglu and Mark Lowell seem to be getting on with their business in a quiet, efficient way. Cammy, Paul was saying that he would like to see a striker come in in January. Is that something you could see with Kyogo and Giacomakis, the way they're going at the moment? Would you think if another striker comes in that there would maybe be one moving out? Or is there space for another in that squad? Um, potentially space for another. Um, I think Celtic will look at the, the Champions League where they've done really, really well. They didn't put away their opportunities that they made. Um, they were creating well more than enough to win a game of football, um, and and they just didn't capitalise on on the number of opportunities they created. But going back to to Angie's sort of recruitment and the, and the way that he does it, I, I think it's fantastic. As as uh, Paul said, he, he, there's no big announcements. There's no big news coming up. It's always just done quietly. Business is done really, really well. Um, and a lot of Celtic fans won't know many of these players that he signs. And and that's something that's quite unique that um, Celtic and Rangers over the years have been signed big names. Um, players who have played in countries that we, we have, we've seen come up to Scotland before. Um, these guys are coming from 
um, different countries that aren't big names have got not got huge egos that they come in with. Um, and I think that's down to Ange Postacoglu because he knows the type of player he wants, the the culture, and the, he needs to fit into the culture and environment of the club that he's created. Um, so it's really, really important that, that these players do that. And, and again, I think there'll be a lot of work done behind the scenes to make sure these guys fit into the way that he wants to play. Celtic already have a big squad. They had a hectic schedule in the first half of the season. There's no European football in the second half of the season. So there's not going to be as many midweek games. How tough a job does Ange Postacoglu have in trying to keep everyone happy and giving everyone enough game time if he's then adding further to his squad in this window Cammy will tell you it's a hard job keeping players happy uh, when they're not getting a game they're grumpy uh, they want to know why they're not getting a game but once again Ange Postacoglu seems to pull this off you know that there, there are no rumblings within the camp um, he will need all the players he can get because when they come back from the World Cup, you need to see how Carter Vickers is, how Juranovic is, uh, Dyson Meda. Um, so, you know, he's going to utilise that squad. It's a fascinating game to come back to. Aberdeen at Pataudry. Rangers will have played Hibs prior to that and Celtic have to come out and be the team they were in the first 15 games. But after a five-week break from football, fascinating stuff. I, I'd go and uh, I think that the fascinating thing for me and Ange Postecoglou and the way that he manages his squad is that I don't think Celtic or any of the players take for granted that they're, they're going to play. I, I genuinely think that all the players understand they need to perform on the pitch or they won't play. And the gap between the guys on the bench and the guys that are starting is very, very minimal. And and that's that's for me is a, a real quality that Ange's brought to the club. That, that these guys on the pitch know they need to perform or they might not play the following week I can already see a few on Twitter disagreeing with Paul there Stuart, Pete, Jamesy none of them liking uh, Paul's take on Josip Juranovic but it's time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Well the Pundits are looking for a clean sweep this week and It'll be interesting to see whether they can do it or not Or can you stop them at home All you need to do is give us a call 0141 951 1025 Make sure it's by the news at 7 o'clock And then we're good to go Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Cami Bell and Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard 0141 1025 if you want to get in touch we'll be taking a closer look at this weekend's Scottish Cup third round fixtures a lot of good ones in there as well but first of all it's time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football yeah, beat the pundit time Time for someone to come on the line To take on either Hugh Keevans or Cammy Bell I'm reliably informed There's that nine day oh. winning streak For the pundits I have sleepless nights over this competition No pressure Hugh. And I'm too old for hyperventilation You know who the last person to lose was Hugh? Me? Yes, it was oh. you So there we go We'll see if it's you tonight But yeah, we, we can't keep that up can we? And it's going to be the man testing that Chris, a Celtic fan in Cope Bridge Chris, are you the man to end that streak? Well, let's hope so. I give it a good shot. Good stuff, good stuff. Who would you rather face? Hugh, Cammy? Uh, I, I'd like to play Hugh. Okay, okay. 
I mean, he did lose last, so we'll see. We'll see if he won since then. I was on a winning streak prior to that, but I've, I've gone rotten again. Minor blip, Hugh. Yeah. Right, okay. Heads for Hugh Keevans, tails for Cammy Bell. Cammy Bell, it Whoa. is. You don't get your wish, Chris. It's going to be Cammy, so let's give him some Clyde 2 in his ear. All good. Get the thumbs up from Cammy, Chris. Uh, 30 seconds on the clock. Answer as quickly as you can. Remember, you can pass as well if you don't know the answer. Ready to go? Ready to go. Here we are. Name the only player sent off at the 2022 World Cup so far. Wayne Hennessy. Celtic target Alistair Johnson currently plays for which MLS team? Toronto. Name either Englishman who's permanently managed Rangers. Mark Warburton. Name either club side Alex Ray's managed. Uh, Dundee. Which current player was named as Dundee United's first team coach earlier this month? Pass. Which SPFL side are nicknamed the Dandies? The Aberdeen. Name any club side Peter Grant played with after leaving Celtic. Uh, pass. Okay, there's a pass to end there. Let's bring Cammy back in. Cammy? Yes, back in. Right, ready to go. Oh, let's right. go. Here we go, here we go. Right, three, two, one. Name the only player sent off at the 2022 World Cup so far. Hennessy. Celtic target Alistair Johnson currently plays with which MLS team? Um, Montreal. Name either Englishman who's permanently managed Rangers. Uh, Matt Warburton. Name either a uh, oh sorry name either club side Alex Ray managed. St Mirren. Which current player was named as Dundee United's first team coach earlier this month? Oh, pass Which SPFL side Are nicknamed the Dandies <sighs> The Dandies oh. Gonna have to rush it um, Honestly don't know Oh he's not got it oh. He's not got it Right Dandies How do you think You got on Chris uh, I think I done okay I'm not too sure On one of the answers I've given But we'll let, let's see How we've done Alright okay Let's okay, see Let's Chris. see Let's talk through them The only player to be sent off At the World Cup so far is Wayne Hennessy How was that only a, how, how was that only A yellow card as well On yeah. first viewing yeah. That was Shocker, wild. Wasn't it? You both got it So it's one all Celtic target Alistair Johnson Currently plays for Montreal Chris didn't get it Cammy did So that's 2-1 To Cammy Name either Englishman Who's permanently managed Rangers You both went for Mark Warburton Correct You could have gone for Stephen Gerrard as well yeah. Slightly more obvious but I you was know under what? Warburton for a wee bit So came to my Ah head. fair enough I'll give you that Name either club side Alex Ray's managed You could have had Dundee You could have had St Mirren You both got it right That's 4-3 to Cammy which current player was named as Dundee United's first team coach earlier this month? Charlie Moore. Oh, I should have exactly. said it. it was on my, in my head as well. Cammy, you didn't get it. Neither did Chris. Ooh. So it stays at 4-3. You can tell it was producer Callum that wrote these questions yep. as well. He had to get a Dundee United one in there. Should have said it. How, how did you not get this, Cammy? The Dandies. The Dons. Aberdeen. Oh, the my Dandy God. Dons. It just threw me, honestly. I, I, I was... All over the place Is that because you're from Pretty much as far away From Aberdeen as in, you can get I was in League 2 Trying to think of all sorts Right oh. so that was four all But Chris got one more question oh. He was quicker than you Name any club side Peter Grant played with After leaving Celtic He passed So it's four all And we, we go, go to Here we go A tiebreaker Wait, Right what, what happens Norwich City uh, You could have had Norwich City You could have had Reading Or you could have had Bournemouth Yeah So there we go Four all is the pundit's winning streak going to end? We're going to have to go to a tiebreaker. Chris, what I want you to do is you're going to answer uh, as quickly as possible. When I give you it, Cammy is going to write down his answer. Um, I'll make sure to ask you for yours, Chris, as well. So sure. here we go. How many own goals were scored overall during the 2018 
World Cup tournament. Right, Cami, write down quickly. Ready? Okay, Cami's got his answer. Chris, what do you reckon? Five. You say five. Cami has gone four. The winning streak is over. Oh. The answer is 12. Oh, you are both wow. quite far off. That is quite high, in yeah. fairness. But Chris, well done. Happy well done, with that. Chris. Well Thanks done, very much. Yeah, great. Thank you. He wrote down seven. I did. And oh, then changed it and then scrummed it out. Shocker. Is, oh, Shocker. Dear. Oh well, well done to Chris. He's won and the winning streak's over. So it was you, nine wins for the pundits in a row, but Chris has stopped it. You're obviously not a gambling man, Cammy. Because oh. well, I was always told that you should never that's your bet and you should never change your mind. You're right. Uh, listen, I should have got Charlie McGrew as well. That's a shocker. Yeah, is that is that like when you're taking a penalty, you don't change your direction? Yeah, you got to you, you just stick, stick, you, stick, stick with your original your, choice. Yeah, mind, yeah, mind you, the person done. who gave me this tip on. How to gamble properly Was an absolutely useless gambler ah, I may please, say Please but, gamble re- responsibly out yeah. there as well That would yeah. be good That would be nice Yeah absolutely But he, um, had a, he had the winning answer And he rubbed it out Shocker you Shocker Right so well done to Chris That is a win He'll get a signed ball as well So well done to him uh, Something I wanted to touch on quickly There is a new compliance officer Yes In Scotland Hugh Which I'm sure there'll be a bit of Fanfare about originally But there was also a new compliance officer About a year ago And we didn't really hear much from him Did we? Andrew Phillips But he's on his way out And the new man is Martin Black Who will now be known as the accused Um, It's a a job that no one can do properly Because in Scottish football We do not do compliance Nobody agrees about anything so the compliance officer is frequently at the middle or in the middle of controversy. And Martin, I wish you well, but you are now the accused. I was going to say that we didn't hear much from Andrew Phillips because I think when he came in, he sort of decided that he wasn't going to, didn't want to re-referee games as much so there, there weren't as many sort of retrospective decisions. But what a time to come in because we've got VAR to contend with as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, massively difficult. We've obviously had our problems with VAR or, or opinions on VAR so far in Scottish football, but I quite like it that he didn't get too involved with with decisions and, and trying to referee games um, off the field. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's so difficult now with VAR in place. Um, it's, a, it's a big, big job for him. I'm sure he'll be under a lot of scrutiny. We have also seen plenty of VAR decisions and handballs and it's mm. nice to know that it's not just us, isn't it, Hugh? Well, you know, but we are unique. Yeah. Scottish football is unique uh, because we think everything is a swizz. Uh, so uh, VAR is the first piece of machinery ever to be questioned uh, by Scottish football fans, but that's the way we roll. What, what I'm happy about is I watched obviously been watching the World Cup and it was it was good to see and hopefully the Scottish referees are watching it as well that referees uh, I can't remember what game I was watching went over to the screen but stuck with his original decision yeah. mm-hmm. didn't give the penalty um, so I feel as if the Scottish referees because this is new are feeling the pressure to make and go with the VAR decisions but sometimes I don't think VAR are getting it right and, and some of the referees need to be strong and go with their own decision I think when they are sent to the monitor Cammy, they feel as if oh wait a minute I've made a mistake yeah. here they've sent me to the monitor I've made a mistake so they just agree with whatever is on the, the monitor yeah. rather than being their own man yes 
Yeah, well, there's not going to be any VAR, of course, this weekend in the Scottish Cup. Third round fixtures, a lot of good ones in there as well. Any that stand out to you, Hugh and Cammy? Well, obviously, having been brought up in Drumchapel for nine years of my life, I'm looking at uh, Drumchapel playing against FC Edinburgh. Uh, not in Drumchapel, sadly, because they're having their pitch relayed uh, and they're off to Mary Hill to play on Mary Hill Junior's ground. But uh, I never thought I'd see the day when Drumchapel would have a team in the Scottish Cup and the day has dawned. I'll tell you what, it's almost as if we plan these things very well because on the line at the moment we've got a Drumchapel United player, ah. a player that I'm sure is synonymous with everyone in Scottish football. David Templeton is now playing his football at Drumchapel United. David, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Good, good. Good to hear from you. Of course, you'll be playing in this game tomorrow. Just first of all, how are you enjoying your time at Drumchapel? Yeah, it's been good so far. Uh, it's just been nice to get playing again and good bunch of boys there. So that always makes it a lot easier when you when you go to a new team as well. So it's, yeah, it's been enjoyable and hopefully we can have a good rest of the season as well. You'll be the only player, David, who ever scored a goal at Anfield who then went on to play for Drumchapel. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised I'm very surprised Well, somebody else has done that <laughs> Can you Although tell us I do say There's still an own goal That one <laughs> Can you tell us a bit About your, your move To Drumchapel Because I remember That you announced You retired And you were going to Hang up your boots But you're back playing now Yeah it was just When I retired um, I believed that My injury was a lot worse, uh, worse Than it actually was So I think I got about To March time And it was Darren McKinnon Who obviously I played with He'd asked me to come in and basically just to keep fit, um, get playing, keep fit, and that's what I done. I went in and spoke with him and, and then signed, and I think it was a bit August I got back playing again. So that was purely all it was, just because I'd played with him and and it was a way for me to keep my fitness going. You look at the Drumchapel squad. There's yourself, there's Darian McKinnon, there's plenty of other guys who have played at a much higher level. Does that give you belief that tomorrow against FC Edinburgh that you can really you know give them a game and maybe? Get through to the next round. Yeah, we, we all know what it's like when you when you go to smaller teams and you're ex- for for Edinburgh's sake, you're expected to go there and win easily. It's never like that. It's always tough. I've been there so many times. I remember going to Arran with Hamilton and and, and getting beat. I've had quite a few games with Rangers in the lower leagues where you're expected to 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 walk over teams, and I lost those ones as well. So it's it's never the way that everyone thinks it is, and. And the boys are not changing them. They'll be up for it tomorrow and, and make it as hard as possible for Edinburgh. What's the feeling been like this week amongst the players and amongst the staff? Does it really have a feeling of a big game for the club? It does, yeah. It's, it's massive for them. It's their first time in this competition and and they're, they're quite an ambitious club. So for them, it's a, it's good for them to be at that stage. And and the boys, are, as I said, they're buzzing and, and wanting to cause an upset. Um, so they'll all be up for it. They've, Boys playing at this level for the first time, so it's it's massive for them. You've been there, done it, bought the t-shirt, worn the t-shirt. Uh, is this about the love of football for you now, David? Because uh, you know you said you, you've you had retired, you've come back. Is it just about the love of the game now? Yeah, just I enjoy playing football. Um, always did. I was just unfortunate that I had so many injuries and. In West Chapel there, I think being part-time probably suits me as well. Um, I kind of, sometimes I don't train on the Tuesday, they, they let me kind of take care of my body and train the Thursday and it's been working for me. So uh, I've I got to thank them for because that's what's keeping me semi-fit and able to play still. 
Yeah, I think the pitch at the Donald Dewar, your normal home ground, is being replaced at the moment. It means yeah. that the game's going to take place at, at Mary Hill. Is that a shame or is it maybe a good opportunity because I think you can possibly get more fans in at Lockburn Park? Um, well, I'll tell you when I see the pitch tomorrow. From what I've heard, it, it might be a tough one. So, um, no, I'm, I'm sure having more fans in will, will always benefit the club So, and make it a, a better atmosphere and hopefully give us an edge as well um, and yeah. playing against them because I'm sure they'll probably bring a decent crowd as well. It's one of the great cliches in our game, but the romance of the cup, you'll you'll live through it tomorrow. Yes, yeah, as I said, it's I've never been this low playing, um, and to see what it means to people, it's it's incredible um, how how big it is for the club. Um, seeing the manager. Um, what he's, what they're trying to do with the club, basically, how how much they want to bring it on, and it's days like tomorrow that's going to help the club massively in terms of finances as well. It'll be good for them. So, yeah, hopefully, we can go there and get a positive result. Hugh mentioned that you've been there, you've done it, you've played in massive games, but for some of the guys that maybe haven't played at a higher level, it's about doing it for them as well, being able to try and get through to that fourth round where you're in the hat with the likes of Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, that's the thing. This week the boys speak about it. If, if they got through, imagine getting Celtic or Rangers because in that, in that squad they've got boys that still go to Celtic Rangers games all the time and and for them to get through and have the opportunity to maybe get one of those sides, it's it'd be massive for them. Um, even probably tomorrow might be one of the biggest games they've played. So if you could get through that and get, for example, Celtic Rangers, it would mean everything to them. Fantastic, thank you for taking the time David All the best tomorrow oh. no, no worries, thank you very much I just, I, I just want to say this You've had pressure in your life However I come from Drumchapel <laughs> My wife comes from Drumchapel We were married in Drumchapel If you don't win You'll have her to answer to Let that be your last thought tonight I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll hear it all next week on Super Scoreboard if they don't then <laughs> Brilliant, thank you David it's, it's a great story, isn't it Hugh? I mean, they're in the seventh tier yeah. of Scottish football at the moment They were amateur not that long ago They've still not got an SFA licence no. or anything like that If you have a look at the Donald Dewar Park that they normally play at It, it doesn't look like much of a stadium, does no, it? So no, no. for them to be in the third round is a huge success But when you look at you know, the potential there for them to maybe get to the next round and to play one of the big teams. I mean, what a difference that could make to the club as well. Of course, but the, the notion of Drumchapel United playing Celtic or Rangers is like a fantasy. As I say, I, I lived there for nine years and one half supports Celtic, another half supports Rangers. Uh, but the club are working hard to get people... United, that's the whole concept Drumchapel United, it's not about Celtic and Rangers It's about the team in that particular housing scheme As they used to be known Uh, If they they draw Celtic or Rangers Believe me, you'll have to send me Absolutely, absolutely I mean these are the types of stories that you love When it comes to the Scottish Cup, Cammy Yeah, this is what it's all about for, for clubs that have Played many a games to even get to this stage, and, and it's been so difficult for them um, to navigate their way through to, to play in a senior side. Um, but the opportunity for any of these clubs that aren't in the, the, the leagues at the moment to see where they're at, to see what level they're at, and how far away they are. Um, Jump Chapel have obviously 
spent a little bit of money that they're, they're going out and trying to attract players like David Templeton um, to the club. But this is this is huge for them. It's huge opportunity, as Temp said, for guys that have maybe never played against a, a senior side before. Um, and the the carrot at the end of it is they could be in a a draw with Celtic and Rangers, which is huge. And I mean, whether you get them or not, you've still got that excitement of the drawing to see who you get. So it's it's a massive day for a lot of clubs tomorrow. Well, a lot of focus on the park, but something important as well. We want to focus off the park as well. Cash for kids, mission Christmas. J&D Pierce Structural Steelwork Specialists Proud to support the local community Yeah, it's almost December Which means it is time for Cash for Kids Mission Christmas It's underway again for another year We know Christmas this year is going to be particularly difficult For a lot of local families The cost of living crisis It makes it so much more difficult for all of us But especially for families who are already in Or close to the poverty line You can make a difference this year By supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas To hear exactly what the difference your money makes We're focusing tonight on Western Bartonshire Community Food Share They're a group that amongst other things Provide emergency food parcel And school uniforms to children and families in poverty Claire Coyle from the group explains That it isn't always the people you'd expect That use the service Every day we're getting calls from new families who have never had to use our type of service before. Very emotional, very upset. A lot of the new families who are now contacting us are working families who just cannot keep up with the bills that are coming in. Everybody's just finding it very, very difficult to cope and to manage to put food on the table for their children. I mean, listen to this. In some parts of Glasgow in the West, as many in one, as many as one in two children live in poverty. We can't always make it a magical day, but with your help, we can make it a different day for thousands of kids across Glasgow and the West. We guarantee that 100% of funds raised will go straight back to support those families most in need. It really will make such a difference to them. You can find all the details on how you can donate at Clyde1.com forward slash mission. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas and JD uh, with JD and Pierce. Uh, with JD and Pierce Structural Steelworks Fabrication and Construction. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's still nil nil between England and the USA in their World Cup group match around 25 minutes gone. The USA just put one over the bar there, Hugh. Yeah, McKimmy. Uh... You know, bad news. But to be fair, up at the other end, Harry Kane, uh, I thought he was going to put England in front and there was a tremendous block from uh, a US defender. Um, it's a very good match and the, the US are giving you as good as they are getting. What did you make of Weston McKenney's hair there? He's got the sort oh, of yeah. blue, red and white, the American colour sort of dyed in a sort of Mohican type thing. Do you think you could sport that, Hugh? You see, that shouldn't be allowed at a World Cup. That's disrespectful <laughs> to the tournament. He shouldn't have been picked. Oh yeah What about Ronaldo's Back in 2002 That was a That was even worse Oof. Even worse Yeah Even worse Well by the way What about Richarlison's Second goal For Brazil oh, last night Unbelievable Unbelievable Right let's get into A full time teaser Before I forget For the two of you uh, Full time At Clyde1.com If you want to send One of these in Tonight's name The last seven players With Scott As their first name To play in And win A Scottish Cup final Scott McDonald Scott McDonald No what? That might help you with the time frame though re, re, Say that again please So name the last seven players With Scott as their first name To yep. play in and win the Scottish Cup final Scott Brown Scott Brown, correct Take one from you Hugh No you won um, Got one more Cammy. 
Nope. Okay, I'll let you think about it. I'll let you think about it. Um, plenty more fixtures happening tomorrow. Actually, I've just seen the one that... Can we just not have Hugh in the studio tomorrow, producer Callum, and instead we can send him to Wick against Falkirk? <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty good one. Are you up for that one, Hugh? You're getting on my Wick. <laughs> the one I'm going to, actually. Quite looking forward to it. Hamilton against East Bride. It's a half-past-two kick-off for... I've no idea why it's a yeah. half past two kickoff. Bit of a strange one, but should be a good game. East Kilbride have fared pretty well in the Scottish Cup over the past few years. They've got into the third round, fourth round, even fifth round a few yeah. years ago when they played Celtic. I'm delighted to say as well that we are joined by our captain, Gary Miller, who, of course, some of you all know from his time playing in the top flight as well. Gary, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? All good, all good. Good to talk to you. Obviously, a big game tomorrow. How much of the squad looking forward to this one? Yeah, I think we're really looking forward to it. I think we're quietly confident, hoping that we can sort of get a wee upset, but we're, we're aware of how difficult it's going to be. So we can only have a bit of belief in ourselves and give ourselves the best chance we've got. Yeah, how important is that belief in a game like this when it is a team that are a few divisions above you that some of the players that maybe haven't played at that level before aren't going into it thinking that it's a daunting prospect? Yeah, Belief's massive. I think we'll just have to stick together for the full, full game and sort of keep our belief and keep trying and, and do our best. We know that to win the tie, we'll probably have to hope that Hamilton aren't at their best and we'll need to do our best to, to sort of restrain them to as many chances as possible. But there's a lot of confidence in the, the team and there's, there's a lot of goals at the minute as well. So, no, we've certainly going to have a chance. Gary, is it a, a free hit for you? Uh... I don't mean you personally, I mean the team, uh, because Hamilton, uh, they're bottom of uh, the championship. They've had a very bad season so far. They lose a lot of goals. Uh, but, you know, you can go into it with a, a clearer mind than they can. Yeah, I would say so. I would say if they win, then it's probably expected and we'll be massive underdogs. So, like you say, I think it, it's got the, the showings of a free hit and Hopefully we can go out and, and try our best to do that. But yeah, I think the pressure is pretty much on them to, to go out and like you've said, with how their seasons maybe went, they'll be looking to try and pick up a result against us and hopefully kickstart something for themselves. You talk about you know this being, or you being in good form in the league and confidence is high. Is this just a good opportunity to be able to test yourselves against a team that are in a few divisions above you and kind of see where you're at? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Like uh, most people know, our chairman's very competitive and he wants to do well. So it'll be a wee tester for him and a, a match that he'll probably be looking forward to as well, with the clubs being in close proximity. So, like you say, it's just one of the ones we'll go and have a go, and whatever the result is, we'll we'll do our best. I'm sure a few people are still at the club from the time they made it to the fifth round and played against Celtic. That type of thing can be absolutely massive for a club like East Kilbride. Is that something that has been talked about that you know potentially getting into the fourth round could get you a tie against the likes of Celtic or Rangers or another big club in the Premiership? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but the manager doesn't let the team get ahead of themselves at all. So he's made sure that we're strictly focused on this game ahead and take it from there. But I'm sure... Like you said, the chairman and stuff will have that in the back of their minds and they'll enjoy the cup runs and it's good for the fans as well. Do you know John Rankin personally? Uh, I've played against Rankin a good few times and uh, seen him in the games and stuff. So, great guy, John, and he's he's doing the best he can at the minute with, with probably what he's got and 
as I said, I'm sure he'll be a great success in the future, but he's a, a great pro and he was a good player as well. A great guy, but you, East Cobride, are the last thing he needs right now. Well, possibly, yeah. If the result goes our way, then he'll be certainly be thinking that, but if he picks up a positive result, then it'll be good for him. Brilliant. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for taking the time. All the best tomorrow. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye. Brilliant. Thank you to Gary Miller, the East Cobride captain there away to Hamilton. Is that a, is that a local derby? Oh, technically? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't imagine the two of Lily have played before. I'm not even I, really I sure. Very much doubt it. But the day that East Cobride played Celtic, was that the day that Rod Stewart made the, the cup draw? I think it might have been actually. Oh, I, I think it might have I'm been. I'm really disappointed Rod's <laughs> on tour right now because, you know, it's time he was back making the draw. He was such a success that day. We need to get someone else that can sort of equal those shenanigans at some point. Oh, uh, well. Not quite sure who. I mean, they won't even really need a team bus, will they, Cammy? Just, just walk along to the game. You, you'll have done that for the uh, Dundee United, Dundee. Yes. Matches. I've done that for um, a, a Dundee United match where we walked up um, to Dens Park. Um, found it a little bit strange. Um, we had pre-match meal before the before the game, and then had the the short walk um, just up the road to to the stadium. Um, and thankfully, we won that game. Pulisic has just hit hit, hit just hit the bar. Yeah, Christian Pulisic has just hit the bar. It's a really decent effort as well. He had Jordan Pickford scrambling. Oh, a really good effort. It's still nil nil between those. I'm I'm not sure that walking to a derby would catch on in Glasgow, Hugh. I'm not sure that having uh, Celtic or Rangers walking through the streets to the to the other team's stadium would quite catch on down here. You don't need to worry, you'll never see it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right, let's get back to the phones. 0141951025. Stephen is a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld. Stephen, what have you got for us tonight? Evening, guys. Hi. I, thought, uh, I was looking through all the managers' names that were going about then uh, and I thought I had a wee bit of unique, a unique set suggestion piece. On you go. About uh, Georgie Hadji. Georgie Hadji. What do you make of that one here? Uh, no, we're getting ridiculous now. <laughs> uh, that that will not happen. Um, you know, it's a serious business here and one of the earlier callers said that Rangers have to get this appointment right. Uh, it has to be something that prepares for the long term. Uh, as well as the immediate need to see what they can do about a nine-point deficit. Uh, so, Georgie Hadji is not remotely in the frame. What is it about Georgie Hadji that you think he'd be a decent decent shout, Stephen? Because he's, he's managing in Romania at the moment. I'm not sure he's really had too much success as a manager over his time. I've just, uh, I was looking over all, all the names on the, on the old coupon lists, if you know what I mean. And there's just some of the names that were all there were, were ridiculous and I'm just sitting thinking like who have we got in our team and all that kind of thing, who would be best to manage our team? And I was thinking eh, Hadji always he's obviously coming back for injury. And I know eh, him and his dad obviously want to link up at some point. And I thought, why do you why you not just bring him over here? Because I think we need somebody completely different, somebody that's gonna bring a completely different mindset into it. Michael Beale, um, um, I like him, but I don't think he's going to bring that different mindset that we need. We need somebody that's going to shake everything up and come completely for a different angle at things. I, I think Michael Beale will stall the old wing attack stuff, which has just I've been a bugbear for Rangers fans the last wee while from under Giovanni von Bronckhorst. And I think uh, Georgie Hatchie, and somebody that's obviously an established name, 
in world football, got a very good reputation. He's never done anything really horrific in, in his managerial career. I think he needs. I think he could do something for us. Stephen, you've said he's a big name in football. He had a glittering playing career. You said he's not done too badly. He's, you know, he's he's not done anything <coughs> horrific in his managerial career. Were those not all the things that you could pin on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst before he came Rangers manager? I mean, I, I think for under Rangers, it's always seemed to be a that'll do mentality. Uh, Michael Beale's obviously the easiest name to get. Is that the problem that it's the Rangers connection? Because Giovanni Van Bronckhorst obviously had a Rangers link. There's Michael Beale who's been there before. Is that what you're after? Is just something that someone that hasn't had a previous connection to the club? I think we need somebody to look at it with a cold hard eye and go, that's work, that's working, that's no working, that's no working, need to change this, need to change that. We need somebody with a, a hard eye to really look over this club, to top to bottom and do what needs to be doing. Instead of somebody that's going to come in with a soft heart and go, I liked him when I was here and all this kind of thing. We need somebody that's going to completely shake it up. Is Georgie Hadji the man to do it, Cammy? Yeah, no, definitely not for me. Um, again, you look at his managerial career, he's, he's not had an established managerial career. Um, he's not been very, very successful. I'll say it, Michael Beale is, is, is new to the game um, in managerial circumstances. He's, he's been an assistant manager at big clubs, um, but he stepped into the the managerial role at QPR. But Georgie Hadji, for me, it's, it's, a, it's another... For me, I think they'll stick with a, a UK-based manager because I, I really do think they need somebody, not that knows the club, but but knows the culture of Scottish football. I, I think they, they need to get the players ticking. I, I think Michael Beale will come in with a fresh set of eyes because ultimately his job's on the line as soon as he takes the job because he needs to make big decisions. He needs to get it right. Rangers fans don't accept Defeat straws that, as we've seen from Geo, it doesn't take long for it to turn if if they're not winning games of football. So he knows that he'll have to make big decisions. There's maybe guys there that Stephen Gerrard brought in and that he's worked under, but he needs to move on. Um, and I think that will happen. I think he'll need to have big, broad shoulders when he comes in the door and make big decisions. And guys, he maybe already knows, but that's what a manager does. For me, being a good footballer and having a glorious career and a, a really successful career does not make you a good manager. That, that for me, it's, it's completely different. It might give you a little edge that you've worked under good managers if you've been at the top level, but it doesn't make you as a person a good manager. There seems to be an assumption as well from a lot of Rangers fans that Michael Beale is going to come in and play exactly the same style as they did when Steven Gerrard was there and not much, is, it's just going to revert back to that but with Michael Beale being a manager in his own right I think I've seen that you know QPR have yeah. mixed up in terms yeah. of formations they have been flexible would you expect that if he is the next Rangers manager that it would look different to Absolutely. what it was like? 100% uh, Michael Beale will come in with his own stamp he'll want to as well because a lot of the press will ask him if he is the man to get the job it, a lot of the press will refer to Stephen Gerrard and his time at the club he'll want to brush that aside it's a new era for him it's a new start for him he's, a, he's the manager of the football club not the assistant so he's got big decisions to make he'll decide the way to play and he, for me he's very flexible in the way that he plays he does change it he's 
I've watched during games as well that QPR that if it's not working, he's more than happy to change it, which I think you need to do as a modern manager. You need to be able to evolve during the game. If things aren't working, you need to make big decisions and big changes and sometimes change a formation. And I've seen that from Michael Beale. So I think he'll come in and, and try and put his own mark and he won't want to be seen as Michael Beale that was there under Steven Gerrard. He's going to be the manager of this football club if they get him. I think if Georgie Hadji came in as well, the rest of the players would be like, oh, coach's son's playing son's again. Like playing youth football. Nah. Easiest way for Hadji to get a game in it. Bring his dad in. I told you, the longer this thing goes on, it will get wackier and wackier. It will be boy George next because we voted out the jungle. <laughs> right, thank you to Stephen. Let's get a move on with this full-time teaser. You've only got one so far. Name the last seven players with Scott as their first name to play in and win a Scottish Cup final like Scott Brown, the one you've got so far. I'm going to go Scott Tanzer. Scott Tanzer. Yep. No. 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 Oh. I'm. Thought you would have done St Johnston. Hugh's face is really oh. drawing a blank here. Oh. Scott Bain. Scott Bain. Correct. Oh, oh yes. There we go. So we've got two out of seven. A couple more before this break, maybe. Struggling, Hugh. Come on, yeah, Hugh. Yeah, yeah. Any more, Cammy? I've not at the moment. No. All right. Okay. Well, we've got Callum on the line. We'll speak to him next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and are making hard work of this teaser so far Name the last seven players with Scott as their first name to play in and win a Scottish Cup final So far you've got Scott Brown and Scott Bain I'll give you two Played in the same final Yep For the same team Scott Arfield Correct And Scott Wright Played and scored Scott Wright So that's four I'll take one more Guess from you Cammy <sighs> Struggling Yeah Need more time Okay need, need more time That's fine I'll just say we've had a caller on Speaking to the producer Who's <clears throat> just straight away with five So he's doing better than you oh. guys yeah. Well let's Show go back off. to the phones Callum is a Rangers fan In Cardonald Up next Callum What are you making of the uh, Managerial situation at the moment? I could uh, have a Blair with you please For a couple of minutes He's listening Hi Hugh, nice to talk to you You too sir I'm a big fan by the way But anyway Not often you get uh, that <laughs> That's for by the by I'm a Rangers fan in my 70s And I'm just wondering why this Michael Beale thing is so He's a set to be the manager of Rangers and all this I'm in my 70s My memory's not too bad But I can remember this guy under Stephen Gerrard And apparently he done all the the tactics and all that. Yep. But I can remember a lot of this is to Ross, by the way. Why am I working? You know, it's, it was so negative and no wingers. It was all in the middle of the park. And anyway, they all left to go to Aston Villa. I don't know how Michael Beale was there before that went pear-shaped, but did he take all the tactics there? And I just don't... Is he the only guy available here? I think the, the problem that Villa had was that Michael Beale went to QPR and Stephen Gerrard on his own. Uh, Callum wasn't the same person without Michael Beale at his side. Uh, I think that because Rangers won the title under Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale and it was generally accepted that at daily training sessions it was all about Michael Beale and uh, not so much Stephen Gerrard I think it was accepted that he had a good influence on the players. Uh, the players respected him. And 
there, there doesn't seem to be an outstanding choice beyond Michael Beale. But nothing has been confirmed yet. Uh, we still await an announcement and the chief executive and the director of recruitment, whose responsibility it is to pick the next manager, they're in London and maybe out of the blue, another name will emerge, Callum. Yeah, well, Cammy, Callum was saying that, I mean, he, he didn't like the, the tactics under Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale. I heard a clip from Emiliano Martinez, who's the Aston Villa goalkeeper, Argentina goalkeeper, and he was saying that he'd never been at a club before where the assistant or the first team coach, in, in the case of Michael Beale, who did all the talking. So it, it really shows that Michael Beale was the man that, that did a lot of the, the tactics, the training ground work, and whether Callum likes it or not, Michael Beale seems to be the man responsible for a lot of what was going on in the park. Yeah, he would have been, but ultimately it was Stephen Gerrard that made the big decisions. Um, Stephen Gerrard, for me, would have picked the formation that he wanted to play. Obviously, we'd discuss it with his backroom staff and the way that he wanted to play. Um, it, for me, I've seen it firsthand. I've actually seen um, Rangers train several times when Stephen Gerrard was there, and Michael Beale did have a huge influence. He, 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 was, he was on the training pitch. He was the voice on the training pitch. Stephen Gerrard was more the man manager, speaking to players and and again addressing obviously the the media and stuff and and working behind the scenes. Um, but I think Michael Beale needs to adopt uh, again a part of his new role that he's going to become in if he does become Rangers manager, where he might need to step away a little bit from some of the training stuff and allow whoever he brings in as his assistant manager to to do that. Because as a manager, you can't do everything. You need to delegate some jobs to to your staff, and that's why you bring them in to trust them. Um, for me, I, I genuinely think Michael Beale will come in and, and play a different style of football than what Stephen and Gerrard did. I think he's his own man. Um, he's worked it out down at QPR. He's been relatively successful in a short period of time. Um, so I'm pretty sure he'll try and bring in his own ideas into Rangers and it won't just be the same as what happened under Stephen Gerrard well thank you to Callum let's squeeze one more call in Graham is a Dumbarton fan on the line are you looking forward to the Scottish Cup action this weekend sure I'm Andrew uh, hoping for an Arsenal's win to get us through to the big round <laughs> is that is that really the, the round you want to get into as a Dumbarton fan is that the one you're always aiming for is the, the fourth round to get in with the big big teams Definitely, I mean that is the route that you want to go for because that can be such a big windfall for the club financially. Uh, I mean, if we were to get an away tie at either Ibrox or Parkhead, that would keep us guys going for some time. I can assure you, uh, our average crowd at the moment is roughly around about six, seven hundred. So you know, a big gate away from home would be a a real good bonus for the club. Well, we we're caught here because you're playing Clyde, Jim Duffy, the manager, friend of the show. Uh, but uh, it looks to me, Graham, like a good open cup tie since Jim Duffy took over from Danny Lennon at Clyde. He's he's getting a, a tune out of those players. He certainly is. I mean, they've, they've drawn their last two games against the top two teams with uh, the draw at uh, Dunfermline uh, two weeks ago and then the draw... Um, uh, against, uh, I think they drew with um, Falkirk as well at the weekend there. Yeah. Um, so Jim certainly made a big uh, impact in such a short time that he's been in, in the door at Clyde. But my main my main uh, reason for phoning tonight, guys, was just to let you know why the East Kilbride and the Hamilton games are kick off at two thirty, which Andrew found quite strange. Um, obviously, yeah. this year Clyde are ground sharing with Hamilton. 
So the game's kicking off at 2.30 in the event. If it does go to extra time and penalties, um, it would uh, delay our start because we're obviously kicking off at 7.45. So that's why it's a 2.30, a 2.30 kick-off because Dumbarton play Clyde at 7.45 also at New Douglas Park. So two games in the one day at the one ground and uh, I'm just hoping that they don't run out of pies. <laughs> that <laughs> That's quite be, something to you, isn't it? Yeah, that must be unprecedented in the yeah. history of the Scottish mm. Cup. To be fair, did the SFA not try it a few... Can you a couple it? of years ago where they wanted both semi-finals played at Hamden on the same day? Yeah, but... And that, uh, obviously didn't idea? happen, yeah, yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah, that, uh, mm. that that's quite something. I don't think I've, I've heard of that before, no, actually I, going through and, and not again, being cancelled. Again, do they do a dual ticket where you could get one ticket and watch both games? It's... Uh, listen, there's all sorts of ideas you could have there. You, they do it in different countries. I know over in uh, South Africa, I remember speaking to Simon Murray, um, and they, they have three games in a day. Um, and you can do the duel obviously buy one ticket and they can sit and watch all the games that are going on um, in the top league over in South Africa I mean I'm just saying that it's a suggestion that something could have happened like that obviously the clubs would need to, to work together to for that to happen but yeah it's very interesting that there's two games at one stadium and in the same day but it's a cracker of a game uh, Jim Duffy has done exceptionally well you know he, he's taking on uh, a real hard job there to, to keep Clyde in the division but the, the the initial reaction has been first class from the players uh, and Dumbarton High flying Dumbarton yeah. High flying Dumbarton this yeah. season as well they've been brilliant they've, they've had some huge huge results sitting uh, I don't know if they're top or second but they're very close between them and Stirling Albion at the top of the league so yeah they, they've, they've had a really positive season this season as well Graham. so yeah I'm pretty sure it'll be a cracking game for you well, thanks to Graham. Hope you enjoy your night and hope you get a pie as well. Let's have a look, quick look at some of the other fixtures. I mean, Wick against Falkirk we talked about, Oof. Montrose, Darville, some interesting ones, Wraith at home to Auchinleck, Talbot. There's a Monday night game as well. Pollock away to Air United. That should be an interesting one, Hugh. Well, Pollock are, uh, you know, one of the foremost clubs in, uh, at their level of the game. Uh, we'll take a, a decent support with them But I'm just looking at Partick Thistle versus Kelty Hearts That's a big one You've got uh, a bit of a, a mutiny going on uh, The fans chanting sack the board uh, Things have gone a bit pear-shaped in that regard uh, But Ian McCall, having beaten our bro 3-0 last weekend He's got to focus on the things that he can dictate And that is getting Partick Thistle into that next round Where they too would dream of Celtic or Rangers going to Firhill because there is your Klondike. Yeah, I think it was a five or six game losing streak that Partick Thistle were on, but it's what the cup games can do. If you can get a win in the third round of the Scottish Cup, it can maybe help galvanise the support, galvanise the players. Yeah, it was a, it was a big win for, for Partick, obviously, at the weekend to, to get away from that losing streak. And it wasn't as if they, if they were picking up draws. It was, it was, as you say, five or six games without... Um, picking up any points because they started the season so well as well everything seemed rosy and it seemed as if they'd be one of the teams that would be challenging and I still think they will be um, but they've went through a really sticky patch Hugh says there's there's a lot of noises off the pitch as well with fans not being happy with the way the club's being run um, so yeah it's, it's going to be interesting times and I'm pretty sure Ian McCall just be focusing on the pitch to try and get them into the next round of the cup. Right, we've got this teaser to finish before we go. Seven players with the name Scott that have played in and won the Scottish Cup final. You've got Wright, Brown, Bain and Arfield. Three to get. I, I've wrote down, I don't know if this is right, 
Scott Morrison and Scott Robinson Scott Robinson correct he won it with Hearts in 2012 two more to get there's a Celtic player Dundee United player Celtic player won quite a few of them no. Played for Man City Played for Preston Oh Scott Well Scott yeah You've yeah. got that part <laughs> I can see Brilliant you Come on Okay Come on. Time running out Scott Sinclair ah. And the other one Dundee United Scott Robertson But that's all we've got time for tonight Tomorrow you can join us Gordon Duncan Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson Gordon DL And the top team all around the grounds What a way to start your weekend though It's GBX up next <laughs> <laughs>